It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Amen. Good to see everybody and um, welcome, especially if you're new here. Welcome to you. Great that you came out today and hope you enjoyed the service. I want to uh, thank everybody who's helping with the fundraiser. Thank you, everybody, helping with the fundraiser back there. And uh, looking forward to that in a little while. And uh, thank you for Don for the great communion message and for your life and your heart. Appreciate that very, very much. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about, let me just get this here because I know it's very windy and everything. So try to pull this close. There we go. Hello, everyone. Finally found the Lord must not. Nah, no <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, next week, we have our special contribution. We used to call that our missions contribution. Uh, and somehow over the years, it changed names. But it's still primarily a missions contribution. Most of what we take up next week will be used for mission work. And really, that's a great thing because that's what we're about as a people of God. We are about the mission of God and the mission of Jesus. And so I wanted to just spend a little time today talking about our mission and the mission of God. You know, we've looked at, uh, if you've been with us the last several weeks, uh, when we were indoors and had the screen, we looked at var various videos of people saying thank you to us uh, for supporting the mission, uh, their mission, and uh, thus our mission from various places around the world. We looked at uh, videos from Africa and from the Caribbean and also from upstate New York. And we also looked at uh, some summer internship programs in which young people are getting trained uh, to be in the ministry, uh, especially from our youth and family ministry and from our uh, campus ministry. We also looked at the strength and weakness ministry, which is also um, mission work. And so these are things that we're gonna be supporting uh, next week with the giving that we are taking up, our special contribution uh, that we are doing. And uh, I just wanted to highlight a few of these things and share a few scriptures with you uh, just to get us all ready for the, the giving next week, but also to help us understand that we're all involved in missions. We are. Um, whether you, you, you don't have to actually leave the country to be involved in missions. Missions is all around us. It's who we are. It's what we do as a people of God. And we have been involved in missions for decades and will continue to be involved in missions. In fact, I'm going to um, uh, do some mission work right after this sermon is over. And Ryan McCullough is going to go down with me. And we're going down to a, uh, we're going to a training event uh, just outside of Philadelphia at the camp there. Uh, just outside of Philadelphia. Now it's called The Forge, um, and it used to be Camp Hope for Kids. But I don't know exactly how many young people will be there, but I'm sure it'll be over 100 young people will be there. College-age young people from campuses around uh, the eastern part of the United States. And so we're going to take down 30 or 40 from New York and New Jersey to be a part of this. But we'll also be meeting kids that will drive up from Virginia, they'll drive over from Ohio, and uh, they'll be from, from Maryland and from Philadelphia, and many, many other places. 
And honestly, this is one of the highlights of my year is to be able to be with these uh, young people that want to learn. And you know, the, the crazy thing is for many of them, they just finished final exams. Uh, they just finished writing their final papers for the semester. And yet they're coming to a camp in which now they're gonna sit down again, sometimes for eight hours a day and take notes and continue to learn. But for many of them, they're so excited because now they're going to be learning about God. They're going to be learning about the kingdom of Jesus. And they're going to be learning about how to help other people learn more about Jesus. And so it's, it's a really, it's, it's a great enthusiastic event. I go there and I remember for a couple of years, we couldn't have it because of COVID. And then last year we had it again. And I remember going to it last year and just being so thrilled because I thought, you know what? We're still here. COVID happened, but we're still here. And we got all these young people here. I mean, it was probably the first class that I taught. There were 130 young people just spread out across this, uh, this auditorium. And uh, they were so energetic. The singing was so energetic. And that's part of our mission work. It's something we're all involved in. Because of our special missions, we're able to do things like that, to send young people off to get that type of training. I can remember, I've been, I've been going out and doing this, it must be 15 years now. Um, and for years and years, I stayed in the cabins. Um, and some, there were some times where we actually did a little earlier than this, in which the weather was cold, like yesterday but even colder. I mean, it would drop down into the 30s at night and there were, were no heaters. And um, I can remember just emptying my suitcase, going to bed, emptying my suitcase and putting on every piece of clothing I took down there in order to just try to make it through the night, okay? Uh, finally, you know, I turned 66 this fall. Uh, finally, well, yeah, it's okay. It's not 80, but it, yeah. Yeah, you know, go ahead. Pour it on. Yeah, let me let me hear some love. Yeah, yeah. I turned 66 this fall, um, and uh, I, uh, I I've gotten a little smarter over the years. So I'm staying in a hotel this time. All right. Uh, so uh, it could drop down to 20 tonight, and I I will be okay. But it's just a highlight of of, of my year, and it's missions. It's part of what we do as a people of God. We train other people to um, go out and, and teach others and preach the gospel and share Jesus with other people. And so I, I love that. Um, and also, I want us to understand that uh, mission work as a church is what we've been involved in you know, since the church began here in New York, because the church was a mission planting. It was a mission planting from the Boston church. And so that was 40 years ago, actually, um, yeah, this month in June, 40 years ago in June. We're celebrating on September 24th, um, but it, it's been 40 years now that it happened, that a group of 18 people came down from the Boston church and started the New York City church. Um, and so we are a part of our DNA is missions. We were planted as a mission planting. 
And now we need to keep the mindset that we continue to be a mission planting. Uh, and in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, and you could turn there if you want to, but the, the writer Luke makes mention of what we know of as the first missionary journey by Barnabas and Saul, who's also known as Paul. And it was sent out by a church, just like Boston sent out the church to New York. And it says, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. And I want you to notice there, in the church at Antioch, it was being led by prophets and teachers. Doesn't mention evangelists, doesn't mention uh, elders, it just that's the, the, they were doing the leading of the church there. Churches can be led in many different ways by many different types of people. And you see that here in the church at Antioch. There were these prophets and teachers, and it actually mentions them. Barnabas, Simeon named Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. We know him as Paul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, and I want you to notice that, missions is not something that we devised and we came up with. The Holy Spirit did that. Mission work is directed by the Holy Spirit. And so it said, the Holy Spirit said, set apart from me, for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. And um, then it says after that, so after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And again, that's the prophets and teachers. They get together, they place their hands on Barnabas and Saul, and they send them off, which is literally missions. They sent them on the first missionary journey. But this was directed by the Holy Spirit. Missions is a Holy Spirit thing. And so as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then we should want to do mission work and we want, should want to share in mission, mission work. We also learn a little later that they take John Mark with them on their first journey here. And we also learn as we read the story in Acts 13 and 14, they went out planting churches. So they went from one city to the next, to the next planting churches. And when they returned, they went back to Antioch, strengthening churches. Missions isn't just about planting, it's also about strengthening. It's about um, helping people mature in Christ. And Paul and Barnabas did both of those things. And also, and when you were talking about John Mark being involved, mission work is about taking people with you. Not just doing it by yourself, but training people as you go. In 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, we used to talk about this a lot as a church. But we don't, don't really talk about this verse so much anymore. Um, but it's, it's a little strange, and I'll mention why I think that's strange. Um, but it says here, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. All the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will be qualified to teach others also. It's the idea of, of everybody training other people so that they'll be qualified to what? Train other people. And that training just keep on going and keep on going. You know, 20 years ago, we would talk about this a lot. 40 years ago, we talked about it all the time. It's about finding people who want to be trained. It's a little strange to me that we don't talk about it as much anymore because we're more qualified to train today than we were 40 years ago. I mean, we know so much more. We've matured so much. All of us have so much more experience. But let me just ask, 
across the, the audience right now, is there someone that you're training to know what you know? Are you passing down your knowledge, your experience, your maturity, your well-earned maturity? Are you passing that down to other people? This is a biblical directive that we ought to be training people. And we see here um, in Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas did that immediately on their journey. But not only that, Paul's writing to Timothy. He trained Timothy. Paul writes to Titus. He trained Titus. It was just a part of the fabric of the early church for people to be trained. Well, I'm grateful that we have, you know, these, these times where we go down to the Philly camp and we train, but I also feel like it ought to be a part of who we are, even in the congregation here, this little group that we have up here in the Hudson Valley. So we need to train reliable people because we need to be, we need to realistically understand. And I heard this a long time ago from just a country preacher. I can't remember who it was, but I heard it a long time ago, but he always used to say, we are one generation away from the church falling away. We are one generation away from apostasy. That's what that word means. The church just falling away. And what keeps us from that happening is training the next generation, training other people. So I would ask all of us, you know, how are we doing being, how are we doing training others? I'm excited because on Thursday night, uh, Ryan Irby and Ryan McCullough and I, we started this group with a group from Central Jersey, you know, our Central Jersey church that meets down in the New Brunswick area. Well, they have about seven or eight people that want to be trained to be teachers in the church, teachers in their ministry down there in Central Jersey, with Johnny Rivera and uh, Glory Rivera and um, Paris Cunningham, their groups down there, Mercer County, that area. Um, and so uh, Ryan and Ryan and I are going to be training them to grow up in the, and mature and be teachers in the ministry down there. Well, that's this verse that I'm talking about here, just kind of playing itself out. It was so exciting to get with these people because they were so excited about learning to be teachers in the church and what it really means to be a church building teacher, which is different than just being an academic teacher. I mean, it takes the practicals of the ministry and it takes biblical knowledge as well. But there's a great group. I mean, out of the group, there are two of us that have doctorates. There are two more that are in a, a PhD program. There are others that have been teaching in the ministry down there for quite a while. And it was just exciting to be able to be a part of that. Part of missions is training new people and training them in areas in which they have their gift. Um, and in, in this particular instance, it's a matter of the giftedness of teaching. But speaking of missions also, let me just remind all of us that Jesus in his heart was a missionary. That's who he was. I mean, you think about it, he left heaven and came to earth in order to be a missionary. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. Let me just share a few verses with you very quickly here, just a few verses. Matthew 7, 28 and 29, you probably recognize this as the closing of the Sermon on the Mount. 
It says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So now in this instance, as a missionary, he's just out there teaching the crowds and the crowds respond to him. Then there's Matthew 11, verse one. It says, after Jesus had finished, finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. So now he goes and he teaches and he preaches in the towns of Galilee. So there was this one gathering where he taught a crowd. Now he's going to various towns and villages and teaching. And then in Matthew 13, 53 through 55, it says, when Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Now he goes to his hometown, and he teaches in a synagogue. And then in Matthew 21, verse 23, Jesus entered the temple courts. Now he's in Jerusalem, and he enters the temple courts. And while he was teaching, the chief priest and the elders of the people came to him. What you see there is you see Jesus doing mission work wherever he went. Whether it was a crowd of people where he gives the Sermon on the Mount, whether it's towns and villages up in Galilee, whether it's in the hometown of Nazareth where he goes into a synagogue, or he goes to the temple court in Jerusalem. That's who Jesus was. He was a missionary. And all of us get to be a part of the missionary team of Jesus. And next week is an opportunity for us to give to that mission team. Now, I want to share one verse. I'm going to make a few points, and that'll be your lesson for today. But the verse is a great verse. It's from Matthew 9, still in the Gospel of Matthew, verses 35 through 38. And it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. That's the ministry of Jesus, preaching, teaching, and healing. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And when you go to the next chapter, you see the mission work beginning. But here you have the preface to the mission. And what do we see here in this verse? There's a few points I want to make from this verse. In order to be involved in mission work, first, we have to see the need. We have to see the need. And that's what Jesus does here. And that's what he talks about here. He looks out, he sees the need of the people, and he is moved with compassion. He, compassion literally means to suffer with. But he's moved with compassion. And because he's moved with compassion, he talks about the mission, and then they go in the next chapter, and they do the mission. They're a part of the mission. Well, I want us to begin by just kind of looking around and realizing there are needs all around us. When we look at this Hudson Valley area, and we think of Orange County, and we think of Rockland County, there are so many needs around us. But the first thing we need to do is we need to see the needs. We need to see that people need Jesus. We need to see that our families need Jesus. We need to see that our coworkers need Jesus. If you're a student, then you need to see that the other students and the teachers, wherever you are, they need Jesus. People need Jesus. And they need Jesus from suffering. 
to um, uh, to uh, let me go to Newburgh and let me go where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, Haverstraw. Good. They need Jesus and Haverstraw. Uh, where else you guys live? New City. Um, Orange County. Yeah, the whole of Orange County. Yeah. Spring Valley. Yes. Amen. Spring Valley. Uh, all over the place. They need Jesus in Orange County, in, uh, in Rockland County, um, and in your neighborhood, right next door to you, even in your house. <laughs> we need Jesus. We, we need to take Jesus. We need to see the needs that are around us. And so you don't have to look very far. In fact, I want to ask you just to right now, just Look to your left a little bit, okay? It's your left. Look to your left a little bit. There's under that shelter there, under that shelter there. I don't know if you're in the sun. So back over here at this picnic table over there. Um, obviously, this is one of our greatest mission fields right here. And yet sometimes we can overlook that. One of our greatest mission fields is right among us, and it's our children. And we got teachers right now. I don't know if you can see them, but uh, I, I can see right back over there how the Santoris are so invested in teaching our children, and they have been for years and years and years. You know, Mike went to church camp to be with our kids even after his kids had graduated from church camp. They were too old to go. He's still with, with them. That's probably why his ankle's worn out, you know? <laughs> All the years at church camp. But I appreciate the Santori so much because there they are, and there they've been for years and years and years. But you can look at some of the other teachers that are around as well, and you can look at the children, and you can see the smile on their faces. And when you're with them, you can hear from them the memory verses that they're learning and the lessons that they're learning. And this is, this is part of our mission field. It's right there. And there's a sign-up sheet in the back for the summer. And I just want to encourage you, if you have an opportunity and you can teach, sign up. Because this is part of our mission field. It might be the greatest mission field that we have among us. And so let's give to our children. Because they are a part of us. They are our family. They are God's gift to us. And we, there's a need here for us to reach out and to, to teach them so that they can learn more about Jesus. You know, we don't, we don't have to um, go across the world to be a part of a mission team. We have a mission team right here. There's, we need counselors at camp. Maybe you can go to camp. My dad, I, I've told you the story before, but my dad, my hero, my dad is my hero, but my dad... He got one week off a year from work, and he worked hard. He was a cobbler, a shoe repair man. He worked from 7.30 to 5 every day except Sunday. So six days a week, he was on his feet working from 7 o'clock in the morning till, um, I'm sorry, 7.30 in the morning till 5 o'clock at night. He used to say, Steve, why don't you want to be a cobbler like me? And I said, Dad, have you looked at your hours? <laughs> Six days a week, he would do that. He got one week off a year for vacation. And you know what he did? 
he went with us to Murray Christian Camp. He spent his one year, his one week off going with a bunch of preteens and teens and actually being in the cabin with them as a counselor. And that was his mission field, part of his mission field. He did a much, much more than that. But to him, he looked at it as a mission. It was a mission to help. There was a need, and he saw the need. So, you know, let's look and let's see the need. That's the first thing. The second thing we can do is we can pray. And that's what Jesus says here. He looks out, he sees the need, he has compassion. But you know, if you stop there and that's all you do, then you really haven't done that much. Because if you just see and say, oh, there's a need and there's no action that goes beyond that, the need will always exist. It'll never be remedied. And so we need to go beyond just seeing the need and having compassion. And one way that we can do more is actually pray because it gets God involved and the Holy Spirit engaged. And so we can pray and we can give it to God. Jesus says, ask, pray, pray for the mission. If we have a heart for missions, then we're going to be in prayer. You know, the last few weeks, as we mentioned, we've seen all, we've seen these videos from different parts of the world. But have we prayed about the mission? Have we prayed about Africa and the Caribbean and strength and weakness and the people being trained? Have we prayed about these things? Do we pray for camp? Do we pray for our young people? Do we pray for our children? Um, prayer keeps the mission in the front of our mind. And it is a way to engage. It's a way to go beyond seeing to actually doing something. Because prayer is doing something. It might seem passive, but it's active because God gets engaged with our prayers. And then third, we can be a worker in the harvest field. So we could go from seeing to praying to actually working. And this is one of the beautiful things that's often missed in this passage of scripture. Because in chapter nine, you have Jesus saying, pray, ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers. And then in chapter 10, and sometimes we don't read it because there's that chapter divider. But you have to remember, in the original text, there were no chapter dividers. A man came in centuries later and put the chapter dividers in. And so in, as Matthew was writing this, there's no chapter dividers there. So he says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers. And then in the very next uh, verse, it says, he called 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any of the towns of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go preach this message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So he says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send. And then he pulls them together. He says, now I'm sending you. Go. And so we go from seeing the need and having compassion to praying about the need, to actually being sent. And this is the third thing here, is that we can be a worker in the harvest field. And we can be a worker without going uh, to another nation, without leaving the country. There's so much to be done right around us. My hunch is, I don't know this because I've not taken a, a scientific survey, okay? Uh, I talk to Irby all the time about, let's not just be anecdotal, let's, <laughs> let's take a scientific survey. But I have a hunch, okay? So this is simply a hunch. But my hunch is that most of us are here today because somebody shared Jesus with you. 
you're probably here today because someone said, hey, I got this church I'd like for you to come and check out. You started by somebody being a missionary with you. Now, it says you've been, it's been freely given, now freely give. In other words, that's Jesus' way of saying pay it forward. Pay it forward. Somebody shared with you, now share with someone else. My dad shared with me. I mean, I grew up in and around the church. But my mom and my dad, they shared with me. And I pay it forward when I remember my dad and my mom and the faith they put in me. I want to help other people understand that faith. I want them to understand Jesus the way that I understand him. So freely you've received, freely give. And then the last thing I want to mention is fourth, we can give. We can give because it's needed in the mission. In Matthew 10, 9 and 10, what I just read, it says, do not take along any gold or silver or copper on your belt. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or staff for the worker is worth his keep. So what is Jesus saying there? This is an indirect way of him saying the mission has to be supported. They were going out and they weren't even taking money with them. And so how is their mission going to work? They would be supported by other people. And this is the opportunity that we have next week. There's mission work all going on all over the world right now because of what we give and what we will give next week. And I just want to stop right now, and I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for all that you've given over the years for mission work. And I had the opportunity to travel, um, mainly through teaching. And uh, whenever I do travel to our mission points, it, without fail, every single time, the church thanks me and then says, tell the New York church, thank you. Thank you for supporting us over all these years. And so I want to give a big thank you from our churches around the world um, for the sacrifice that you have made over the years so that they can, they can exist as a church. They got started, many of them, because people from New York went there to start the ministry there. But thank you for supporting mission work for years and years. I imagine most of us right now, we've not had the opportunity to visit the church in Nairobi, Kenya. It was started by some members of the church here and other places. Um, and I love the church in Nairobi. And Nairobi, when they sing, um, they sing songs in Swahili and in English, but the ones in Swahili, I mean, there's a, there's a certain way that they, they lean into the songs in Swahili to just bring goosebumps all over you. I mean, and their hearts are so into it. I wish you could experience that one time. And you've probably seen a little bit of it on video, but just being there and you know, the church in Nairobi, it's there because we've been contributing for years and years and years. Um, I think about um, the church in, well, the church is across Nigeria, and I've been to several of them, and just the enthusiasm that is there in those churches. I think about the internship that I'm going to be going to this afternoon. It starts tonight. 
um, there because of our contribution. Um, and so you might never get to visit the church in Port-au-Prince, but that church is an amazing church. I was there before the earthquake and I was there after the earthquake. And the lives of the people there are such an upward call. It's, it's an intense place to live, Port-au-Prince. But man, they have such love, such love in the church there. Um, and I would imagine right now, they're worshiping God around this time in Port-au-Prince, Cape Haitian, across churches across Haiti. Um, and that's because, honestly, the New York City Church of Christ has been the primary supporter of mission work in Haiti. Of all the churches around the world, we are the prime supporter of the ministries there. And when you go there, they'll let you know it. So I want to give you just a big thank you. A big thank you from Eldorot, Ken Kenya, from Kingston, Jamaica, from Albany, New York, from Soweto, South Africa, from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, from Syracuse, New York, from Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire, from San Juan, Puerto Rico, from Kinshasa, Democratic Republic of Congo. These are all places that we've supported for decades now. So thank you. And I will just close my lesson today with this big thank you. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Gracias. Toda raba. Shukran. Obrigado. Inkosi. Asante. That's, a, that's from Kenya. Um, Dante. That's, I'm trying to do Zulu there, and I really messed that one up big time. But thank you. I can say it very easily in Hebrew because I studied Hebrew. Toda Rabah, and in Arabic, Shukran. Thank you, thank you, thank you.